recorded live. Welcome to the Gospel According to Jazz, Chapter 2.
do anything to obtain righteousness. Saved by grace and faith and not of Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your strength. 
We ask for your mercy and grace, Lord. And we ask, Lord God, that you would build us up, fill us up in our most holy faith, Lord God. May we grow in this lesson. May this mature us. May this guide us and lead us. And may it cause us to think if we're in some place that we call a church that's not teaching the sound doctrine and not encouraging us to follow the word of God. But may, may we run like Joseph and may we get out of it and find ourselves a healthy, well-balanced church where truth is taught and we're encouraged to love and good work. We love you, we praise you, and bless you. May we decrease, may you increase, and have your way with us right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. I want to welcome everybody. If you're new here, please, if you're blessed by this ministry, please share it out with your family and friends. Hit the share button. Send some love if you like what's being taught here. But most of all, just come and grow. Come and grow because I'm not here to entertain anybody. I'm not here to build you up with me. I am I am a zero crisis a hero. All I want to do is see people grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I don't get off or get uh, caught up into how many people watch my screens. That's not important to me. The most important thing is are you getting prepared for heaven? Are you getting prepared for glory? Not for the not for what's going on down here on earth. Because I might not ever meet any of you here, but I want to meet you in heaven. But the only thing I want to hear God say to me is, well done, thy good and faithful servant, because I taught the truth and I wasn't here to entertain anybody or scratch anybody's itching ear. And that's why this is not going to be always a popular ministry because, or it's never going to be a popular ministry, is because in these last days, friends, people like famine. They don't want fruit. They like famine. They want to starve. They like to be entertained. They like to be snickerdoodle. And they like cotton candy preachers, which I am neither one. I only want to see people grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, that reminds me, if you're in the Los Angeles area, you're seeking a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church where you can be loved on, please come check us out at Core Church of Los Angeles on Sunday mornings, 8.30, 10.30, and 12.30 at Core Church of Los Angeles, www.corechurchla.org. You can also go and download that church app, Core Church LA uh, church app on from the App Store. And you can also uh, check us out on uh, Thursday night midweek Bible studies. And at 10, 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings, at 1030, I should, no, excuse me, at 11 o'clock, the live stream will be live as we're going through the book of 1 Samuel. And you can check us out uh, at uh, 1030, I mean, 11 o'clock, excuse me. 11 o'clock on Sunday mornings after the worship service is over, the live stream goes on on YouTube. So uh, check us out, Core Church of Los Angeles. If you are, if you're not, if you do not have a Bible teaching church home, or if you just want to check us out, maybe you live on the west side, located at 2037 South La Cienica Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 90034. That's uh, 2037 South La Cienica Boulevard. Uh, Los Angeles, California, 90034. All right, all right, all right. Okay, we left off. We left off uh, earlier this week. Get back to my notes here. Uh, get back to, we were talking about the New Age movement and New Age preaching, which is really not preaching, but it's more of deception. Uh, we, we made, we talked about quite a few things about uh the changes that have happened in the last, I would say, I've only I've only been in in in, in the word 
uh, I should say, back on track with God for about eight years now because I, I was foolish and got caught up in my sin and got caught up in my mess and uh, stepped away from God for almost 10 years. And by his grace and mercy, and I'm not saying, uh, you know, that it would have been a good thing if I'd have died in my sins. I don't know what God would have done. I just know that I was in my mess, and God wasn't, I wasn't looking like a disciple of Christ for, for a period of time. I started out running the race, and I fell off because of sin. And, uh, you know, we can all fall and stumble, but it's how quickly we get back up when God is re- reaching down to snatch us up. And if we don't want our, if we don't want righteousness, if we don't want holiness, if we don't want what Jesus has for us, then God's not going to keep his hand down there waiting on us forever. I just thank God that I didn't die in that state of uh, darkness. I'm glad I was not continuing or I didn't continue to the road of hell. God allowed me to die. I thank him for his mercy and grace because I know that I should be in hell right now but he was merciful to me. And a lot of people are playing games, telling God, well, I'm just going to get right with you right before I die. Well, that's uh, pride and that's dangerous because you don't know when you're going to die. You can die in your sleep. You can die, have a car accident. You can drop dead. Somebody can shoot you uh, being in a store. You don't know what's going to happen. So we need to not say things like that, thinking that we can tell God when we're going to die. And or I'm going to get right, or I'm going to get saved at the moment right before I die. That's pride, and that tells God that, well, Lord, I don't need to live righteous. I'm just going to accept your free gift of salvation right before I close my eyes. If somebody is getting ready to kill me, then I think I'll say the prayer, and I'm good with you. Who do we think God is? Do we think that he's on the same level as we are? That's foolishness. God is not going to let us mock him and shake our fists at him and curse him out and blaspheme his name for 40, 50, 60, 70 years and tell him when we're going to come to him. No, that's pride. And I would not want to bank on my salvation thinking that God is going to allow me to. He's been merciful. If he allowed you to live 70, 80 years mocking him, the Bible says in Romans chapter 2 that people are stacking up wrath against wrath for the day of judgment because they basically have turned their back on God and told him, we're not going to worship you until we get ready. Shame on us. Shame on us. But we, we learned on Wednesday that changes that, uh, changes that has occurred over the last 30 to 40 years is a new style of preaching, new age movement. Now you've got people who basically say there is no hell. Pastors, so-called Christian leaders. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the professing church believers who have started out running the race well, but now they're teaching another doctrine or another gospel that is not a gospel. We cannot find it in scripture anywhere. But if you want to manipulate the Bible and try to uh, basically make it into something that will appeal to the flesh and scratch and tickle people's ears, then you can do that too. Satan loves that. He loves false uh, teachers and false apostles and false disciples. Scripture used to be the sum of substance of a sermon, uh, uh, substance of our uh, sermon material. We used to literally drench our preaching with Bible verses. Our preaching was easily identifiable for its sober logic and good sense. But that's those days are are, are becoming very, very uh, much. Uh, I guess you could say poquito, as 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 my Spanish brothers 
that's a very small amount of people that use the Bible anymore in the pulpit. We teach anecdotal, anecdotal, anecdotal messages that appeal to the flesh and stimulate our emotions. We want sermons that's going to basically allow us to feel good, but never to change our behavior and live a godly life or a holy life. We want pastors that come along and stroke us in our sin rather than convict us with scripture and tell us to come out of sin because they love us so much they don't want us to die and go to hell. We don't even want pastors to even mention the word hell anymore because in today's society, that's not politically correct. We don't want pastors to tell us homosexuality, bisexuality, bisexuality, or any kind of sexual perversion whatsoever is sin. It's just a misunderstanding. It's just me trying to experiment a little bit. Well, friends, all those things may sound good for the TV world. They might sound good for the New Age movement, but those won't be the things that God will take lightly. He will not take those lightly. We need to understand, friends, God is holy. His word is holy. His word became flesh and dwelt among us, i.e., Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Savior, the Lamb of God who took the sins, took our sins to Calvary's cross, who died, and he deserved, he didn't deserve death, nor did he deserve to be punished, but he took on our sin debt so that we wouldn't have to. But man continues to want to live a, a wretched life by way of their own wretched lives, by their own wretched beliefs. We don't care what the Bible says. And remember, friends, the word is a, either is a light to our feet and a lamp, uh, it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, or it either is the very thing that causes us to stumble. Because just like Israel, they didn't want the word. They wanted a Messiah that would come and make their world better down here. But they didn't want to get prepared for the next world, i.e. heaven. And if, for any of us who claim to be Christians, we must understand that the Bible is the final authority. Not me, not your pastor, mother, father, sister, brother, uncles. Nobody is the final authority except the Word, because the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Quote from a quote from the New Age back here. Back here. You see, I do page here. Page. Uh, it's working. Okay, here we go. All right. Uh, looking at how the New Age movement has changed in so many years. Quote, a quote from uh, the book or Jeremy James, who was a cult leader. He, he was in the occult uh, New Age movement for 33 years. And this man uh, lived this New Age, through this New Age movement and became a Christian. It says, followers of New Age movement do not regard themselves as practitioners of the occult, but they are, in this, in this paper, I will set, set out that what I see as the worst lies told by these movements and the threat 
they pose to Christians. After 33 years as a member of a New Age movement, I have learned from hard experience that none of these movements are, are what they seem. Let, let me explain how they work. The great work, witches, masons, uh, Rosicrucians, uh, Kabbalists, and other leading practitioners of the occult decided in the late 18th century that they were, that if they were to increase their influence in society, they would have to present their beliefs in a disguised form. So they, so they formulated a plan known as a great work by implementing the great work they hoped to lure Christians into accepting beliefs, which had, uh, which had they been uh, presented in their true form, would have been rejected out of a hand as the work of Satan. Again, Satan doesn't come and tell you, hey, I'm Satan. I'm here to deceive you. He doesn't do that. Satan doesn't come to tell you, hi, I'm Lucifer. Let me deceive you today. He doesn't do that. The great, work, the, the great work led to many innovative ways of spreading occult ideas. These included hypnotism or as mesmerism, Mesmerism, spiritualism, seances, the theosophy, the theosophy of Helena, black, black vacancy. Uh, some of these words I can't pronounce. But stronger, uh, stronger links were forged between the main branches of Freemasonry, which purport, uh, supports to accept Christianity, but is actually based on Egyptian magic and the worship of lucifer and the light bear many influential works were uh, channeled from the demonic sources by willing human pu uh, puppets these included helena they have different names here but they were uh, influenced by the new age movement sorry, and the leaders of this cult so you see here friends that one of the ways that satan gets he, he came in through the 18th century and basically said hey all cults and religions, we're not going to get to get as many people to follow that because that would just seem too radical. So we'll go through the back door and we'll disguise it under the words of Christianity. And this is no no different than what Oprah Winfrey did about maybe seven or eight years ago. Prior to her ending her show, she created a church online. It was so popular in the first couple of days that it crashed the server. She had to get a bigger server because she was getting millions and millions of people at one time listening to her New Age doctrine. Now, she'll tell you she's a Christian, but again, so does Satan. He presents himself as an angel of light, and his ministers come as ministers of righteousness. Oh, she hangs out with T.D. Jakes and Joel Osteen and the many other New Age gurus. So which one is she, Christian or New Age? I'll let you decide for that. Just check out her. Check out some of her videos and teachings of a guy that she had on her show, on her church program, called Elkhart Tolley, who was a New Age guru or a New Age spiritualist. He denied the Christ. He denied the crucifixion. He denied the resurrection. And so does Oprah. He doesn't believe that he's the only way. She said that on her own show. So I'm not speaking about things I don't know. I'm speaking of what she said. She hasn't recanted that because she still listens to a new age guy who's called, his name is Deepak, an Indian spiritualist who's known worldwide. 
the, the occult disguised as New Age. The founder of Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, was a practicing Satanist and tried to raise powerful demons through a series of ceremonial magical rites that he conducted with the famous Satanist, Jack Parsons. Parson himself studied magic under the most notorious black magician of the 20th century, uh, Alistair Crowley. You heard that name before in Hollywood. You should understand that even Jay-Z wears some of his shirts on his concerts. He supports Alistair Crowley. That's not just a shirt he's wearing. He basically knows who Alistair Crowley is. And so Alistair Crowley was one who promised riches, riches and fame to those who supported his Luciferian doctrine. Parson himself studied magic under the most uh, notorious black magician of the 20th century, Alistair Crowley, doing a, ma a magical rite. Crowley became possessed by the demon of Horus while on a trip to Egypt in 1904. The demon called itself Awad. Over a period of, of several years, the demon strengthened its, its grip in, until it had Crowley under his complete control. Working through Crowley via the occult technique known as channeling, the demon produced a number of major works on black magic, including the Book of the Law and the Book of Lies. These satanic books have been consulted avidly ever since by students of the occult, most of whom try to raise demons through the rites of ceremonial magic. Now, you might say, I don't believe in this. Well, the Bible testifies to it, so we have to believe that demons do exist. We have to believe that there are Satanists. There's Luc there are people who are part of the Luciferian New World Order. There are people that are part of that are people that are caught up in Freemasonry that are part of the Luciferian. The higher you go, the more dark it becomes. Doesn't matter who they talk about on the surface. Oh, you can believe in Jesus. You can, but if you have to have secrets, then it's not of God. If you have to have secrets, a secret book. When I got the sixty-six love letters that's open to everybody who wants to read it. This book right here is full of God's word, his divine word. And I don't, need to, I don't need to go around hiding it, putting it up under a bushel when the Bible tells me that God wants us to shine as light. By our people that's part of the Freemasonry and other so-called secret organizations who claim to be Christians, but you can't talk about that organization and that seems to trump what God said. For light is coming to the world, but men love darkness rather than light because what? Their deeds are evil. God doesn't hide the word. He shines it bright on darkness. He shines it bright on darkness. The, front, the founder of Akanakar, uh, Paul Twitchell, was a close associate of Hubbard and longtime student of the occult. Twitchell plagiarized all of his teachings from a variety of sources, mainly the uh, uh, rather uh, can you pronounce this name? But it was a northeastern pagan cult that he, he plagiarized his work from, and uh, on lo long-standing critic of Elkinar, Professor David Lane has described Twitchell as a uh, pathological liar. Let me skip down here as we look at some of these other cults. There's another cult out there called the Force or New Age Movement that has crept into the church. 
it might be helpful at this stage to make some additional points of general nature regarding the occult. By various arcane means, all of its practitioners are trying to manipulate the force. The force, those who work at white magic, as they call it, are focusing on the Luciferian or light side of the force, while those who practice black magic are working with the darker satanic element. Uh, however, spiritually, it is all magic and all harmful. There is no such thing as white magic, just magic. The force is a single entity. Thus, everything to do with the force is completely within Satan's domain. We must understand this, friends, that Satan's whole M.O. is to kill, steal, and destroy. So even if he uses what seems like good, he's really trying to promote evil because his whole agenda is to try to get us away from God and trusting our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He wants us to follow his light, which is not the light of truth. Satan is not a demon walking around there looking like uh, a red, we got a red tail and horns coming out of his head, and he looks like some uh, gargoyle monster. That's not Satan. He was the most beautiful cherub there ever existed. He was the most handsome and beautiful angel in all of God's creation. So when people walk around him painting Lucifer, look, and you see the picture of Jesus looking so handsome and Lucifer looking so so ugly. That is an unbiblical view. Again, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he wants to deceive us and keep us in darkness with false appearances or false impressions of who he is and what he looks like. He comes as an angel of light. His ministers come as ministers of righteousness, and they will use you and use me if they have the opportunity to keep us ignorant of God's word. They want to keep us ignorant of God's word. We must be wise. We must be students of the word of God. We must know who our enemy is, and we must know the New Age movement is backed by Luciferians. It's backed by those who practice lawlessness, those who practice sin, those who love darkness rather than light. Let's look at some scripture of how darkness Will, will lead us astray. John 1, 5, he says, light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the light, my friends. Jesus, he's the light, light of the world. When you and I are walking in the light, we're walking in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is empowering us and keeping us out of darkness and keeps us from making the wrong decisions based on our feelings and emotions. 1 John 1, 5 through 7 tells us this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is, he is the light, not in the light, he is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's so important for us, my brothers and sisters, to understand who the darkness is and who we are as children of the light, who we are as children of Jesus Christ, soldiers for the cross of Christ. John eleven ten says, but if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Jesus is either in us or he's not. Either we're children of God or children of the devil. There is no middle ground. 
You cannot be a servant of darkness and be a child of God. Even in your ignorance, the Bible clearly says in Romans chapter 1, we know truth. We know what the truth is, but we suppress it. We know the truth because the truth has been revealed to us. Let's turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1, verse 18. I want to thank you guys for being here. God bless you all. I know you could be doing something else today. It's Saturday and family day, but praise God. And again, if you're being blessed by this, share it on your page. Get it out to your brothers and sisters so we can be equipped, friends. We are in the last day. We are in the last days. Don't think this world is going to get better down here. It's not. We need to be we need to be biblically conscious of who we are. Notice what he says, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. God's word is revealed. God himself has revealed his wrath. It's revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. If you're in a cult, if you're in anything that God is not approved of, anything that's keeping you away from Scripture, anything that's taking you away from telling the truth, you cannot be in any of these organizations, Freemasonry, Jehovah's Witnesses, whatever cult you are practicing or walking in, you're walking in the darkness. Now, yeah, somebody might say, I'm going to kill him for saying that. Well, that just proves it. I don't care about my life on this side. I have already been bought with a price. Jesus owns my life. I'm not owned by the devil, so I don't fear darkness because the darkness has not does not own me anymore. Jesus owns me. So when my time to go is time to go, that's okay. What am I trying to preserve my life down here for when he already promised me a home with him for all eternity, and I won't have to ever worry about suffering or going through any pain ever again? Notice what he says back here. A quote again from uh, James Henry or uh, Jeremy James, who was a a 33-year cult, uh, was practicing occultism. He tells us about, again, about this force. He says this. He says, some Wiccans claim that they never cast evil spells or works with with Satan. Satan, however, uh, he says, well, he says, however, any practicing Wiccan who sincerely believes this is a, uh, believes this is a fool? They forget that every spell is a product of darkness, of the dark light of Lucifer. All claims upon the force must be paid for, and Satan will exact his toll in full measure at his leisure. Look, if you sign up for Satan's uh, to, on Satan's team, he wants something from you. What do you think it is? Your soul. Your soul. Satan doesn't. He doesn't give you anything without expecting something in return. And what does he want? He wants you to join him in the lake of fire at the end of this life. He already knows the rules, friend. He knows what happens when people reject light. He knows what happens when people reject the Messiah, Jesus Christ. He knows where they're going to spend eternity at because hell was created for Satan and the fallen angels. So you and I, we need to keep away from hell. Hell was not created for man, but man will go there because they reject the light. Again, back to uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He says this. He says, let me read this again. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness 
of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifested in them. You and I have no excuse because God says it's been manifested in us. A lot of people ask the question, well, what about the person over there in some tribal bushland country that never, ever heard the gospel? They know they have enough light that God says he has revealed himself of what right and wrong is. I'm not God, but I know this. When we were kids, you, you and I can testify. I know you can, if you're honest, you can testify. You knew what was right and you knew what was wrong. As you grew up, you knew what was right and you knew what was wrong. I tell this story. And I've told it several times. I remember when my daughter, she used to like to play with those light sockets. We used to have to put the caps, the plastic caps, because she would find something. She couldn't put her finger in there, but she could have probably stuck something in there and maybe got an electric shock. And after, you know, you, as she started crawling, she would always go and touch that. Now, you pop her little hand, not hard, just enough to let her know, no, don't touch that. And as soon as you turn your back, that little sinner, because we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity, that little sinner would go right back as soon as I turned the corner. And I remember one day so distinctly, it just blew my mind. It was God's word speaking that we are born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Until we are redeemed, friends, you and I are, are dead in our trespasses and sins. And even that little baby who was barely a year old, I remember she touched that, went back over there. I had just told her, leave that alone. And I turned my back. And I come back, and I look, and she's playing in that light socket. She turned and looked up at me, and immediately she was convicted by her own sinful nature. Wow. That's how God shows us we know the right. We know right from wrong. Men just choose darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And until we come to an understanding of who God is and what we are and how much we need to be redeemed and born again, my friends, you and I will never, ever walk in freedom and walk in holiness until we surrender. That's why he goes on to tell us here, because, verse 19, because of what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and, in God, and Godhead, so that they were the day. All of humanity, they are without excuse. Friends, you and I will never, ever be able to stand before God and say, I went to hell, Lord, because you didn't give me an opportunity. God, you were unloving to me. You didn't allow me to hear the message of truth. You didn't allow me to see the light. That will be a lie, my friends. God says it's been manifested. God says the invisible attributes are in us, so you and I have no excuse. These false teachers, these people who practice New Age movement, they know exactly, Satan knows exactly that he had the light. Before he fell, before he decided to pride, allow pride into his wicked heart, before he decided to run an insurrection in heaven and uh, take people away from God versus uh, submitting himself to God. Because remember, before, before the garden, friend, there was free will in heaven, and God even gave the angels an opportunity to worship him in love, in, in spirit, and in truth. But Satan was found with pride in his heart, and pride always kills our relationship with God, with a holy God. When we say, oh, I don't want what God has for me, I got my own agenda. When you and I want our own agenda, that's nothing but pride. We have to be cautious. We have to be careful. 
Again, he goes on, members of certain of, of certain cults were thrilled when the movie series Star Wars first appeared in 1977. Since it depicted the Force as the key script spiritual reality of the universe. They were taught to believe by the so-called masters of the uh, uh, masters that the Force and the Holy Spirit were one and the same. And you got people that definitely are Star Wars fans to the point of it's, it has become a cult. Remember, Darth Vader is a form of an antichrist. He's a form of the devil. He wants evil. If you look at the, at, at the series, uh, I think I watched it a couple weeks ago. I can't remember that particular series. When, Luce, when, uh, when, uh, when uh, Darth Vader first got his authority and power, basically he surrendered and sold his soul to the devil. He sold his soul to the devil, a form of antichrist. There was some, Satan was behind the scene, but Darth Vader is like this puppet, this puppet that the devil was manipulating. Nothing new under the sun, friends. We have to look at, you know, it's important for us when you watch movies now to really look at the spiritual context of it, the biblical context. What are they saying behind the scenes? What are these Luciferians and people who claim to know God? What are they really saying? Hmm. They're saying a lot. They're saying a whole lot. And they creep into the churches. They creep into our in, into uh, ministries, and they lead us astray with doctrines of demons trying to tickle our ears. We need to be careful, and we must be biblical. I want to skip down here to, there's so much here, friends, so much, so much, so much. In the, in the 18 New Age Lives, here's, here's one concept. This is while they may differ among themselves in a number of superficial ways, Every new new age movement subscribes to the most, uh, subscribes to most, if not all, the following belief. Line number one: Man can become a god. Man can become a god. Ooh, this is a big one. This happens a lot with African Americans now. We think we're gods. We think we have become arrived at some kind of god age. You have different cults in the black in the black culture that endorses this whole. We are God. Well, it says, lie, one, lie number one, man can become a God. This is one of the most prevalent New Age beliefs, a kind of rallying, a rallying cry, railing cry, just as Lucifer is trying to dethrone God, he wants his followers to believe that they, can, they too can become God. This conflict, uh, this conflicts violently with Christianity. Adam and Eve were expected from the Garden of Eden because they wanted to become God. Excuse me. They were ejected from the Garden of Eden because they wanted to become God. Did not Lucifer try to, uh, uh, did he not tell uh, Eve in the Garden that you're not going to die? God is trying to hold something back. He didn't want you to be like him. Right? If you don't eat this fruit, you're going to stay, you're going to stay at the level where you're going to be just on that bottom level. But if you eat this fruit, Eve, you're going to be enlightened, and you're going to know God the way you should know God. Let's turn to Genesis. I'm not going to keep you long. We're going to close this out in about 15 minutes. We'll, we'll have another part because I think this is some juicy stuff. We don't want to just brush over these things. These things, hey, friends, I'm trying to help people come out of these lies, these deceptions, because it starts with what we believe. 
and the God who, if we either, we either believe God in his word, the 66 love letters, or we're following the Luciferian doctrine of demons that basically will keep us away from God. The issue is, which one are you going to believe? We have a choice. We have a choice. Again, the temptation. He says, now the serpent was what? More cunning. More cunning. Let's look at this word cunning for a minute. Because I think sometimes we just brush over words, and words have a powerful meaning. God says that the serpent was more cunning. Again, he says, with no introduction, the serpent appeared in paradise. This is the first clue in scripture of creation outside the one Adam and Eve experience. The serpent symbolizes something both uh, fascinating and loathsome. Yet, uh, yet neither Adam nor Eve saw the danger embodied in the serpent. The Hebrew word for cunning sounds like the Hebrew word for naked in uh, chapter 2, verse 25 of, of Genesis. Adam and Eve were naked in innocence. The serpent was crafty and sneaky. In Eve's innocence and, uh, and na na uh, naiveness, she showed no surprise on hearing a strange voice from the snake. I always said this. Why was Eve over there talking to the snake alone? Where was her husband? But he found her walking over somewhere. Somewhere Adam was out maybe doing some work or whatever it was, but he knew who to go to first. He didn't go to the man first. He went to the woman. He went to the weaker vessel. And I'm not saying that in the sense that women don't have any kind of discernment. I'm saying that in a biblical context of that they are the weaker vessels. And sometimes, yes, there are some God-fearing women who are growing in the word and they're maturing and they're, they know more than their husbands. But they're more emotional. He played on her emotion. He played on her naivety. Uh, I say naivety. Again, you and I. All of us who are not grounded and rooted in the word of God, we will be grounded and rooted in the world. Because it doesn't take much for us to grab hold of the world and what it has to offer. But to be grounded and rooted in the world, I mean the word of God, it means that you and I must surrender and, and, and totally give ourselves and our, and our minds over to God so that we can be uh, built up in our most holy faith. See, God does the building process. He equips us. He encourages us. He builds us up in our most holy faith when you and I are surrendered, when you and I are ready to be mature, when we're not just talking to God, talking, quoting scriptures, but we sincerely want to know him and the power of his resurrection and have victory over our flesh, the devil, and the world. You and I cannot resist the devil when we're too busy, when we're out there playing hopscotch with the devil. We're not going we to, we can't resist him. Again here, you see, Yet neither Adam or Eve saw the danger embodied in the serpent. The Hebrew word, again, for cunning is, is like the Hebrew word for naked. Adam and Eve were naked and innocent, and the serpent was crafty and sneaky. In Eve's innocence and naive, naive, she showed no surprise on hearing a strange voice from the, from the snake. Has God indeed said, not, note that the serpent did not use the divine name Yahweh. He didn't use the divine name Yahweh. He was talking about God like he was, you know, no big deal, like, 
man, you know, Eve, you really don't know that God trying to hold something back from you. You know, if you just knew what I knew, you would understand that, hey, if you eat that fruit, you know what? God just afraid that you're going to get as wise as him and you're going to know as much as him. And just like Lucifer wanted to be in control, he found a vessel that he can come through. He found a way to come into this world, this earth realm, and bring his dastardly demonic force right through the garden. He found somebody that he can come through by way of sin. Remember, at this point, my friends, don't forget this. At this very point, there was no sin in man. There was no sin on earth. Lucifer was had fallen, but mankind was in 100% right standing with God. They walked through the cool of the day with God Almighty. That's the Adam and Eve were enjoying the freedom. They were enjoying the the precious blessings of God's heaven on earth. Wow. And just like that, just like that, a piece of fruit, it wasn't the fruit. It wasn't about an apple or fig or a peach or any of that. It was about a choice. You and I, every day, friends, we make choices. Some of us know God. And we know him well, but we still make bad choices because our flesh is still weak and we must crucify it every day. And Galatians 2.20 tells us that. We must crucify. We can't allow ourselves to be free will thinkers where we just think and feel and allow the enemy to come in and deceive us. Otherwise, we look just like Eve did in the garden, my friends. This is dangerous. This is dangerous. Because, again, Adam and Eve didn't know any sin at that time. But just like that, they were, the snake was cunning. Do you think he lost his ability to be cunning now? Do you think all these cults have just risen up overnight because he was stupid and dumb? So we got the wrong impression of Satan thinking that Satan is on our level. And you think you can bind and rebuke him? Friends, where do you see that in Scripture? Even if, if Jesus didn't even put him in the lake of fire, so how are you going to put him in the lake of fire? Yes, he has been defeated. He was defeated on the cross, but he's still got souls out there that he's trying to trying to appeal to. Those that don't want the light, friends, have no choice but to surrender to the darkness unless they come to the light. And the light is in Jesus Christ. The light is in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we don't submit ourselves to Jesus daily, then the devil will come in and he'll creep in. That's what he does. He's crafty. He looks for any kind of crack in our armor. If you're not putting the full armor on, then guess what? You're vulnerable. If your head is not covered up, it starts in the mind. How do we think about God and how do we think about the enemy of God? Are we equipped or are we ignorant because we don't pick up the word of God? Again, the New Age philosophy. In a nutshell, the promise of immortality, illumination, and godhood. Jesus came to earth to save man from his ghastly delusion, the ultimate satanic lie. Note how the devil says their, uh, their eyes will be opened. This is an old occult promise to open one's third eye. While knowing good and evil means to understand how the du uh, dualistic force operates. Magicians seek this knowledge in order to be able to manipulate the force. Uh, you have a lot of 
Again, you ever see these signs with the third eye? Look what they're doing. The Illuminati is known for it in the music industry. Satan's primary weapon is to get young kids to follow this new age movement through music. Everybody's covering the eye. Everybody's seen with the eye on their shirts now, and you think it's just a cute little shirt. This is all part of Lucifer's plan. All part of Lucifer's plan. Because, see, if you tell me, if I'm not walking with God, if I'm not walking with Jesus Christ, if I'm not born again, then guess what? I'm going to be looking for something to make me feel good, something that's going to give me hope. And Lucifer's number one tactic is to make you believe you're a God and that you're in control of your own destiny when he's really pulling He's the puppet master of your soul. Lie number two in closing. Lie number two in closing. I see we're going to have a couple more parts of this. This is just too good to just let slide. And you probably won't hear too many African Americans talking about the New Age movement, but i got to talk about it because guess what? A lot of black culture in the church have bought into it. You can be a Christian on Sunday, maybe on a Thursday or Wednesday or Tuesday night Bible study, but you can still practice the occultism. And guess what? You won't call it cultism because they don't call it a cultism. But that's what they're doing. They're selling you this whole philosophy and new world mindset that you can be everything you want to be. And you can take Jesus into these cults. Lie number two, the force of the, is the Holy Spirit. This is one of the most subvert. Uh, subversive New Age beliefs uh, a truly appalling lie. Though it, though, uh, though it, excuse me, through it, Christians are lured into neglecting their relationship with God and trusting instead to a range of techniques which connect with the force. They are told that this uh, new, uh, this uh, the modern way to have the Holy Spirit is one in one's life and that the old ways are outmoded, out, uh, I guess you could say outdated, a way to have the Holy Spirit in one's life, and that the old ways are outmoded, suited more to the needs, they say, of a backward desert tribe. Gradually, new adherents are inducted to give up prayer, the very means the Lord has given us to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit and to protect us from the power of darkness. So you see here in the New Age movement again, friends, if you reject the Holy Spirit, which is the third member of the triune Godhead, which is God living in us, which is the one who seals us with his promise and guarantees us eternal life in heaven, without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to enter into heaven. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot uh, walk in truth. Without the Holy Spirit, you cannot live a godly and a holy life because you have no power. Paul said in Romans chapter 116, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for those who believe, first the Jew and the Gentile. So you and I need the Holy Spirit to live a holy life, and only a holy life will God accept. Because God says without holiness, no man or woman will see the Lord. No man or woman will see the Lord, my friend, without a holy life. But you say, well, I'm holy, I'm holy, based on what? Because if you're not basing on scripture, because that's all we have is scripture, you're basing it on what somebody else told you. That's not lined up with truth. If you're basing it on something that, that it's about your feeling, it's not a truth. You're basing it on anything or anyone other than what saith the word of God. 
I don't believe the Bible. Well, and it shows, and it shows. Friends, you and I have a responsibility to embrace and to digest this book for food for the soul and water for our thirst. We need to embrace and drink, eat and drink the Bible and stop listening to the New Age movement and the New Age spirits that are trying to kill, steal, and destroy destroy our walk with God. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, you have spoken. Please forgive me, Lord, for not being able to pronounce the words so clearly, Lord, but I thank you, Lord God, for your spirit, Lord God. There's just so much truth here, Lord, and we need to grab hold to your word and embrace it and love. Let it uh, just minister to us and keep us from ourselves. We are our own worst enemy, Lord. An idle mind is a devil's playground, and when our minds are not girded up in truth, Lord, we are subject to follow every lie because the prince of lies, the father of lies, Satan himself, comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and if we're not listening to your voice, like your sheep will, we will listen to another, which is a stranger. His name is Lucifer. But we thank you for this section of our teaching, Lord, and we ask, Lord God, that you would just, just anybody out there, Lord, that does not know you, does not have a personal relationship with you, has never embraced Jesus Christ as their Lord, Savior, and Messiah, have not confessed their sins and repented, that means to turn away, to walk away, to make a 180 away from it. We have not done that, Lord. Let us right now say yes to Jesus and lay everything at the foot of the cross so that we can be free because whom the Son is set free is truly free indeed. We thank you, Lord, for this time in your word, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, friends, uh, we'll come back and have a part three of this, and probably we're going to have to go a little deeper into it. Look for this to be posted up on uh, YouTube uh, with uh, other videos that I have on YouTube. Uh, you can go to Daryl Kendrick on YouTube. Uh, we want to definitely keep the uh, keep this uh, teaching flowing. And uh, just know that, hey, when you start talking about New Asians, uh, friends, hey, you get death threats and everything. So I don't expect the enemy to do anything less, especially when you expose things like uh, Freemasonry and things like that, friends. But we have to be biblical. I'm not afraid of man. I'm more afraid of God. And it, it, it really needs to be said. And I say this because I want people to be free. Because a lot of times people get part, get caught up in the Shriners, Freemasonry, uh, all kinds of other groups where you have secret books and secret uh, things and you take blood oaths. Friends, God didn't tell us to take a blood oath. He took the blood oath. Jesus Christ died and shed his blood for me. I don't need to give I don't need to take a blood oath to anybody else but him. I t- and he's already done it for me. My allegiance is with Christ, not with man, not with the devil, not with this world. And that's how we need to live, friend. Time is running out. Christ is coming soon. We need to get our house in order spiritually, and we need to know the truth, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, friends, I'm Minister Daryl Kendrick coming to you live from Southern California. Again, if you're in the Los Angeles area, you want to fellowship with us tomorrow, Come check us out, Core Church of Los Angeles, www.corechurchla.org. Also, check us out uh, on, you can check out the church app, and you can check us out on YouTube live stream about 11 o'clock service, uh, or 
service, but it'll be on at 11. But uh, if you're not in a healthy uh, Bible teaching church, I want to encourage you to find one. If you need help finding it, hit me up on Facebook, Instant Messenger, if I can help you. Also, check out my podcast on Blog Talk Radio at Minister Big Ken 65. And again, uh, YouTube, we get more videos posted up there as we are still trying to learn how to do it. But my brother in New York usually posts them up for me. So, hey, please share this message if you think somebody out there might need deliverance and might need to be saved. They need to look at what they're following, what they're into from Scientology, Freemasonry, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormonism, whatever, friends. We're going to talk about all of it because we need to open the doors so people can come into the ark. The ark, the doors is open right now, just like in the days of Noah. But the next time it closes, friends, there's no hope. Christ is coming back for his bride one day, one day soon. You and I need to be a part of the marriage. We need to get prepared. Let's adorn ourselves with Jesus Christ today. Today. Tomorrow's not promised to. Hey, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. My name is Minister Daryl Kendrick, a.k.a. Minister Daryl Kendrick, coming to you live from Southern California, and you have just been encouraged in God's word. God bless.